Well, I think I had a good understanding of money growing up. Like seeing my mom, you know, paycheck to paycheck Mm -hmm. growing up, you know, not really having the resources to do certain things. You know, even us, me being a well-rounded student was because I was in all these free activities, Mm. you know? And so when I started to receive these monies, I started investing, you know? I got my real estate license. In college. In college. Wow. I took the gut route, right. you know, I do have the friends, the, you know, <laughs> I do have friends who they end up getting their apartment off campus yeah. or they might've gotten a car because a lot of these monies come directly to you. another episode of the ghetto ceo podcast where we talk about being a ceo because y'all nobody talks about how ghetto it is and when i try to figure out a word to describe being a ceo all i can think about is it is giving ghetto and that is what we talk about on this podcast we don't just highlight the good part of being a ceo because don't get us wrong we love the freedom we probably wouldn't go back to work right but it is very ghetto Okay, we we don't talk about the mental anguish that we go through. We don't talk about the the payroll, the bills and all the things. But on this podcast, we give the real because we want you to know that you are not alone. So make sure you like, comment and subscribe so you can keep getting these episodes. Okay, now listen, I only bring CEOs to this couch that's going to tell the truth. Okay, and give us the raw and unfiltered peek behind their businesses. And today is... No different. Welcome to the couch, Miss Victoria. Thank you. No, I am extremely excited to be here. Listen, I am excited for you to be here. Now, listen, on most podcasts and interviews, they like, okay, Victoria, you can introduce yourself. No, no, no. We're not going to let you introduce yourself like that. How would your mom describe who you are and what you do? Like, what would she oh, say? Oh, yeah. My mom is extremely proud of yes. everything that I'm doing. Yes. Um, I think she would definitely say that I am that entrepreneurial child, that ambitious child, um, the one who doesn't take no for an answer, the yes. one who's not scared of rejection, Period. who just keeps going and persevering. And so she describes what I do as the person who makes free money for other people. <laughs> so I make free money for both students yes. and um, entrepreneurs to help fund their various projects and initiatives. So yes. she has a great pitch for what I do so that's literally what she would say I literally love it because I always say like parents really don't be describing what like yeah family you be like yeah she out there you know just out here finding money under the tree you know ma'am that is not what I do but okay girl you know so tell them about this free money you finding for entrepreneurs what does that mean yeah, so I actually had to go all the way back to kind of like childhood. Okay. So I grew up the youngest of four girls. Mm-hmm. I'm raised by a single parent mom. Haven't seen my dad since I was six. It was pretty much my mom and grandma who really like fostered our, our educational um, endeavors. Yeah. And so pretty much I knew at a very young age that college was a priority and it was mm-hmm. an expectation within my family yeah. but it was also very obvious that there's no way we could afford it yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah. My mom's a teacher. It's four of us all by herself. No way. And so seeing um, one of my sisters, Frederica, she was a Gate scholar. She accumulated like $2.1 million in scholarships herself. Wow. And so 
I was like, okay, let me just do what she did times two. Right. And I ended up accumulating $3 million in scholarship. Yeah. It's so, like, I gotta, I gotta step look, it up. Look, I had to step it up <laughs> because I knew I wanted to go to all these schools. I tell people all the time, like, yeah. you can get accepted to UC Berkeley, Emory, Tech, all these schools. Yeah. But if you don't have no money, you're not going. You're not going. And so the money was prioritized for me. (laughs) So what that looked like was, you know, just growing up, my mom putting me in all these extracurricular activities, redoing oratorical contests, research programs, everything free, Breakthrough Atlanta, everything free. And so by the time I became a senior in high school, I was already such a well-rounded, holistic student. Mm. And that allowed me to um, market myself to various scholarships. And so Uh graduating high school with $3 million in scholarships, profiting over $60,000 my first year of college, Mm. people started to ask me how I did it. And I started a business. At that time, okay. it was securing degrees debt-free. Yeah. But everybody was like, is it debt-free degrees, securing free? <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's securing degrees. Right. So that's right. how all of that was started. I love that. Okay, so let's go back. So you said the first year of college, you made $60,000 in your business. Yeah, no, I profited $60,000 from scholarships. Got you. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I know. How do you profit from scholarships? What does that mean? So what that means and how I teach my students is we want to maximize the most amount of money we can get from the colleges first gotcha so if I already can get a full ride from Emory UC Berkeley University of San Francisco and I have a great story then most likely I'm gonna also get scholarships and so mm-hmm. it's really all about you have to apply to an abundant of scholarships yeah. but before you can find the success you have to make sure that you articulate your story in a compelling persuasive and concise way mm-hmm. so you can copy and paste so literally I spent my college you know, spending an hour a Sunday copying and pasting essays mm. to win more scholarships. Yeah. So that's how I profited from scholarships. It's not just me. A lot of students profit from scholarships. Got so you. you hear those students, you know, who made $5 million, uh, accumulated $5 million from high school. All right. of them, they're profiting from scholarships. That's crazy. And nobody is talking about, like, this is – we talk about the refund checks. Right. Right? We talk about, like, oh, because the refund checks went up. They're good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like nine thousand dollars or something. Girl, if I did, I remember googling. I could have opened the subway. Like, I could have had a business. I was out here, and then where did my money go? Exactly. For me, it went to food. A lot of like my first year of college, like being in San Francisco. The only, like, chain restaurant that was familiar to me was Popeye's. Period. So I was eating Popeye's <laughs> almost every week. I had my yeah. three-piece meal. And then in San Francisco, Popeye's is, like, $15. It's not like the little $8 in the No, where is the six ninety nine big box? Look, so they don't have those discounts <laughs> and promos in San Francisco. Got so, you. yeah, that's how the process works. It's just, like, really continually submitting scholarships. And I have to note that I was rejected 30 times before Good. I received my first scholarship. So I literally don't know what my life would be like had I given up on my 29th try. Like, my entire life for the past five years have been funded from scholarships. And literally from that moment. You know what I'm saying? From you keep going. So even, okay, so let's go back to the money part, right? So, and I just think about the relationship with money that we had in college. Because we used to just... Yeah. Like you said, Popeye's every other week. Right. right? Like, so how have you developed your relationship with money from college? Because it feels like free money, literally. Yeah. Like, it's like, but now you got to actually earn this free money. So how have yeah. you developed? Well, I think I had a good understanding of money growing up. Like, gotcha. seeing my mom, you know, 
paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. growing up, you know, not really having the resources to do certain things. You know, even us, me being a well-rounded student was because I was in all these free activities, mm-hmm. you know? And so when I started to receive these monies, I started investing, you know? I got my real estate license. In college. In college. Wow. I took the gut route. Right. You know, I do have the friends. Force out. The, you know, <laughs> I do have friends who they end up getting their apartment off campus yeah. or they might have gotten a car because a lot of these monies come directly to you. Yes. So it's not like you gotta ask your mama no. for permission. And it's not like, you know, it's always funneled the refund check. Yeah. Like there's a lot of my scholarships that will just cut me the check. Mm. So I think just growing up and, and seeing my mom kind of struggle to make ends meet yeah. it really kind of like tailored my thought process like okay this is the only time in my life well now I know grants because that's my second business but yeah. this is the only time in my life where I can press submit and win thousands of dollars that's crazy and I think you know one thing that we say all the time is that in when we see what we see growing up the traumas that we see or the things that yeah. we see you either gonna have an adverse reaction or yeah. you're gonna have a whole different reaction right and so you either gonna lean into it or lean away from it and so you could have been like well we've been broke so i yeah. mean why do you live have- up right like it's time to shine yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> And especially you got sisters and brothers, right? Like, so it's probably one of y'all probably may be like that, you know, Mm -hmm. but everybody has a different way that they adapt to what they see. And the fact that you were like, nah, like I got to put this to the side. It was honestly crazy. I think also just it's really important as an entrepreneur and CEO to have those people in your corner who see bigger than you. And so honestly, like when I first started securing degrees debt free at the time, you know, I just made it event bright. I charged five dollars. I was DMing everybody on Twitter who were juniors and sophomores in high school at my school. And I'm like, hey, come to the library. It's five dollars. You'll learn how to go to school debt free. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would really just be like a library thing. You know, just every summer I I do some seminars at the library and that was that. And one of my sisters, Freddie, she was like, no, like go to your high school. See if you can partner with high school. Mm -hmm. See if you can partner with other If you're over here on YouTube watching the podcast, listen, I need you to do me a favor. If you love me, do me this favor. Pull out your phone right now and go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts or anywhere that you actually listen to podcasts at, right? I need you to subscribe and leave a review. Listen, the way podcasts work is the streets don't know we doing good if it's not on the audio version. The YouTube version don't really count, okay? So go over there, leave us a review, and let us know how much you love the podcast. Now back to the episode. And profits. Right. And that's really how it started was, you know, me profiting and not profiting, but me partnering um, with nonprofit school districts, schools, organizations i'm teaching students how to get scholarships so my idea at first was small um but my sister really brought it out in me and made me think about it on a bigger scale and then i just kind of took off from there it is wild and to imagine (laughs) now like where you are so let's go back to college right so you were starting this business yeah you were like helping people make all this money you was that girl on campus i was was like i was the girl she's the girl that's gonna find me some money she's my friend but like did you get the opportunity to enjoy college you know what i mean so did you like go out to the parties did you get drunk like did you have the college experience yeah well i would say my college experience was a hybrid model I would say (laughs) um so I actually went to three schools in four years okay all debt free so I started off at the University of San Francisco Uh but after a year and a half I was robbed at gunpoint 
mm-hmm. in San Francisco. So I literally, but before that, like, again, I was that girl at San Francisco. I was yeah. partnering with the San Francisco United School District, mm-hmm. helping students specifically with disabilities get scholarships. I was a black scholar at my school, a Getty scholar at my school. I was talking at the donor events, the dean events. Yeah. I was good. Right. So when that happened, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, me? I, me? Like, me? Look, no, you- literally. <laughs> like, yeah. I stopped questioning, like, can can things happen to me? I feel like growing up, I used to be like, oh, yeah, that can't happen to me. Right, right. When I would hear somebody get robbed at gunpoint, I'd be like, how do you let that happen? Yeah, you let somebody yeah. sneak on you and put a gun to your head? <laughs> right. Until it happened to me. Yeah. You know? And so, honestly, I feel like that was a a pivotal point of my business because that's when I transitioned back home mm. to Atlanta. Okay. Um, but I would say, like, my first year of school... I was, like, being the mama out of the group, honestly. Like, mm. I seen my friends kind of letting loose when it yeah. came to being their first year of college. And that made me have more of a guard to be like, okay, at least I have to be the person who knows what's going on. <laughs> no, so, I gotta take care of y'all. No, for real. And so now, like, had I known that I only would have spent a year and a half yeah. in college, like, before COVID. Because when I went back home, that's when everybody was online. Ah. Had I known that, girl? It would have been a different story. It would have been, oh, it would have been, been a different story. I hate that because my first year of college. Man. Girl, let me tell you, I had a 1.4 GPA. Oh, so you was having fun. I was having a blast. Do you hear me? Okay. I was doing it up. That's but so um, I think that's the time you experience. Now, I had yeah. to climb very far to graduate <laughs> for the next four years. Okay. Summer school every year. Oh, yeah. But I. It's just like I remember that year, and I could just all I could do is smile because That's why it I'm was happy just, you have that smile. Like, <laughs> because mine is like I was the mama. I hope hey. they can thank me for protecting them. Right, right, right. But they need to send you a card. Or that something. was the role I took. Yeah, and I took. Well, I mean, growing up with my mom, like, yeah. it made sense that I would take that role. Just yeah. the way she raised me, like, it just made sense. So, out of all your siblings, like, do y'all have like a party sibling? Like a well. I feel like we're all kind of different. <laughs> like, it's kind of like two sets of two. That's okay. how my mom So Like, I'm a young one. And then I have a, a older sister who I kind of cling to, Freddie. We're more, okay. like, I feel like the scholastic route. Okay. And then there's, like, Grelia and Alex. And I feel like they're more, like, marketing. They're, okay. like, bosses, like, in their own way. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's kind of like two sets of twos, like a, a mentorship, Got I feel, you. throughout okay. the sisterhood. I love that. So do y'all all work together? Or how does they work? Um, or do they, everybody have their own business? Yeah, so everybody has their own things that they focus on. Like, okay. um, one is in healthcare, um, one is a store operator, um, one is in like hospitality. Um, but I did hire one of my sisters. So, the one who was the first one to do this whole scholarship process. Yes. I, she had to teach me everything, and I had to hire her own to help me. So she right. um, works um, for me in capacity of, like, both the scholarship and grant practices. Okay, so how does it work, working with your sister? Like, because yeah. this is your oldest sister. Yeah. So it's like, I'm the boss, but I know you used to beat me up sometimes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so <laughs> how does mm. it work? I feel like it's good. Okay. Like, I feel like it's so good. It's easy. Um, yeah. It's easy to, to talk to her. And, again, yeah. like, she was the one who helped me see bigger um, mm-hmm. than what I was seeing. So, yeah, we, we don't have no problem. She's really smart. So I depend on her yes. for all of her, like, expertise and her advice. So yeah. it's going good. Um, I love it. I actually, like, a lot of my friends work for me in, in a lot of different capacities. Like, I've always been that type of person where um, even the mom. The, no, like, literally, like, <laughs> even the way I hire is like, okay, what are you good at? Yeah. What are your strengths? And yeah. how can I find that 
you know, within my company. Right. That's how I hire people. And so, like, my friends are marketers. I have a, a grant writer. I trained one of my friends to help me with grants. So, and she's won many grants mm-hmm. um, for me. So, I feel like I'm always the person who's trying to make people entrepreneur. Like, right. you have all these skills. Why aren't you freelancing? Right. Like, you know. Hello. So, we need you. Exactly. <laughs> so, I feel like I'm, I'm always been that person to kind of, like, uplift people and let them see the value in what they're doing. And I pray, yeah. pay well. Like, I yeah. was always the type of person, like, I'm not taking a free internship. Right, right. Like I get it, but not me. And so even people I who mean, work you for came my company are already making sixty k. You know. Sixty k. So, <laughs> so I, like even I people who work for me, I'm like I make sure that I pay them pretty well, yeah. and you know. I love that. So developing this business, what do you feel like has been one of your biggest struggles, or like what's the ghettoest thing you think of when you think about being a CEO? Yeah, I think it's just like having to think about everything. Like I'm constantly asking people like. Do y'all turn off y'all brain sometimes? Is it just yeah, me yeah. who like thinking about, okay, I need to do this, I need to do that. I'm making all these to-do lists. It's just yes. it's just so much um, that you had to think about. And it also just being like a, a service provider, mm-hmm. I don't think people recognize how much energy transfer there is. Okay. Like I'm helping people articulate their stories, meaning I know thousands of challenge stories, yeah. obstacles, greatest accomplishments, community service stories, leader. I know, I don't know how my brain does it. I have yeah. great capacity, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um, but I think that's like also one of the most ghetto things is just, you know, people trying to challenge your pricing because mm. you are the CEO and I am young, you know, right. and I might get on the phone like, hi, it's Victoria Lamar. And they're like, um, can I ask how old are you? I'm like, geez, what like, is that? Back, back. <laughs> like, for real. So I yeah. think that is ghetto. Just, you know, I learned to, I do like promotionals, but giving people like big discounts, yeah. I learned that I can't do that no more because yeah. the time I did that, I gave somebody a discount and they expected way more than everybody who was paying full price. And I'm like, yeah. that is so ghetto. Like, are y'all calling <laughs> our white counterparts and asking them? Hey, um, I just want to know, can you give me a 100% discount? No. No, you're fun. not doing that. Right. Okay. So I think that's super ghetto, just being a small business, um, being young, and, you know, a lot of my clients are parents. Like, yeah. it's parents who are paying for their students. Right. So I'm talking to parents, even on the grant side. My clients are executive directors. Mm-hmm. They're head of charter schools. They're CEOs. Yeah. And it's me who's giving all the service. Right, So right. navigating all that has been ghetto. And I think that's the, and I could relate to that 100%, right? And at this point, sometimes I just don't even be wanting to tell people my age. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because it's like. But it's obvious. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> I know. But, like, stop trying to fucking play yeah. me. Like, stop. Yeah. Don't play in my face. Like, yeah. because I'm young. And I think sometimes it's like a gift and a curse because you tell people and they're like, oh, my God. Like, I can't. You did this at such a young age. Like, I wish I like, had People be asking me, like, what does your mom do? Or, like. Asking so personal, oh, you gonna give me the service right. or not? Right? You know, you gonna yeah. you gonna get it or not? Yeah, and I think yeah. that's like the biggest thing. It's like some people, um, they're they're just confused. I'm like, yeah. how are you doing all this? How yeah. how big is your team? Right? How are you, man? Like, do you want do it or you not? Want, do you want the results? Or debit or credit? Right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then you also mentioned um, not only like fighting against being young, but just all the other things behind this. I don't know how people don't understand. Like, I think CEOs can relate to that not being able to turn your brain off. Yeah, I can't. It's like, I wish it was a switch. I wish it was a switch, too, girl. You <laughs> tell me. Maybe. <laughs> like, when I find it, you tell me. You know Look, it is the hardest thing. Um, you know, another 
ghetto thing. It's just like being underpaid for all the roles that we're playing. Ooh. Like the salary that I had myself on, no one would accept that. No. No one. Because it's a hard job. <laughs> True. I'm the marketing director, operation manager, uh, the negotiator, the lead club. Come on. The the sales caller. Listen, the, the janitor, social media planner, the, the janitor. <laughs> The all of it like <laughs> why it. i got all these jobs Man. but you have to because it's you like if to. you don't who you have don't to do it right. i was in i was on the computer in the office last night it's 12 o'clock at night and i'm tinkering with a little <laughs> like i think i could do this little quiz that we gotta do <laughs> like, i'm like girl go to bed go like bed. What is, you know what i mean yeah. but it's like you even if you have support at the end of the day it's all gonna fall on you yeah, you know what i mean and i remember like the the goal is for you to build a team everybody like whatever right mm-hmm. but at the end of the day the bills is in your name yes the everything is have you been completely isolating yourself in business like you don't have people that you could do this business with well you need co-workers and that is why we created the entrepreneurs co-workers community this allows you to be able to develop relationships with other people in your community so in the entrepreneurship co-workers community we have a complete slack channel where you get to talk to other ceos just like you we give you a quiz to find out who you are and what type of ceo you are and in this quiz you get to meet other ceos that may be more creative or traditional or hybrid we have these ceos there for you but even taking it up a notch we have local chapters in your city from atlanta to dallas to new york to houston to chicago chapters in your city where we're actually linking up every single month to work together linking up to go to brunch together having fun together doing community service outreach like this is a section of our life where we can really co-work and mingle with other people it's time for you to get some co-work assist and this community is completely free just because you're watching this podcast all you have to do is stop pause the podcast click the link below take the assessment get in the community and i'll see you there bye co-worker back to the episode in your name everybody you got people looking at you for their paychecks you exactly. know what i'm saying and you want to make sure that you can provide them what they need right and people don't realize like it costs thousands of dollars to run these businesses like, it's not free. You know, At people all. think like, oh, you making money? Yeah. But how much money is going? Yeah. Like, it's 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 crazy. And, yeah. But it's extremely worth it. Like, Absolutely. I'm super proud of myself for everything. Like, we're continuing to grow. Um, but it's definitely, like, a skill that I realized that not everybody has. Like, we're very yeah. unique mm-hmm. to be able to balance all of these things because it is a lot. And it a is. lot of people would fumble with this opportunity so and quick. platform. Yeah. So quick. And I think also just thinking about like the mental anxiety that we go through. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause it, like I said, it's a lot of pressure that we, we put on ourselves, but also we feel like the business is putting on us and we can't slow down. You know what I'm saying? You can't stop. You can't say, no, I can't like imagine your employee being like, okay, today, uh, payroll day. No, I can't. Like you can't say. So how do you manage? Like, cause I've, I've kind of learned to manage and the way I think about it is like, you know, as an entrepreneur, I know that I might go to zero. Yep. I know I might go to the red. Yep. I know I'm going to get rejected. Yep. I know I'm going to fail yep. sometimes. Yep. Like, all of these things are facts. Yes. So it's like, knowing that already, it's like, that's it. What, what is what it? What else to, is like, it? There's nothing more to expect other exactly. than successes. And so I tell people all the time, like, if you become an entrepreneur, if you're about to be a CEO, 
you have to understand that it's going to go like this. Absolutely. So whenever I get rejected, when everything says it go my way or, and you know, clients always circle back too. So, uh, you know, spin the block. whenever all of that happens, it's like, okay, I can only go up from here. I can only, and that's the thing. My friend, uh, my friend always, uh, Casey always says, think about the worst of uh, the best case scenario and think about the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of 10, you just going to fall in the middle. Right. So don't like, as a CEO, we just got to be okay with all the worst case scenarios. You exactly. know what I'm saying? I am going to go to zero. Probably, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Could be tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? I always exactly. tell people you could make 100K tomorrow and be asking for food uh, food stamps on the next yes. week. Okay? But it's just the the way of life. Like, game. I literally have friends with eight-figure businesses that one day is all good. They on yachts, all the things. And the next week, they like, hey, man, it's a little tight around here. You wow, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just the, the way of the world, you know? And so you have to be okay with failure. You have to be okay yeah. with this business. And also take out the personal responsibility. Exactly. Yeah. Like we are doing a job. Like think about the CEO of Coca-Cola. You know what I'm saying? He ain't personally responsible for Coca-Cola feeling. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like we are the CEO of this company. So this is a job. And so yeah. we have to treat it as such. Yeah. And I think like, you know, my whole scholarship process and even like how I help my students, all of those things I told you were reflective of the scholarship process. Mm. Getting rejected, yeah. having to meet deadlines, having yeah. to hold yourself accountable, you know, understanding that until you meet your goal, you have to keep applying, you mm. have to keep trying. Mm. And so, like, yes, I'm helping my students win all these scholarships, they're right. going to school for free, but the life skills that they're learning are just so transferable. Like, I say people tell people all the time that it's far greater than the money. When it comes to the scholarships, like the skills that you'll learn will literally help you in all aspects of life. Like it's literally, I literally, like the scholarship process trained me to be who I am right now. Um, when it comes to running my business and helping other students do the same. I love that. I love that. Literally using the things. If people would think, what did I go through in life that Mm -hmm. I could use today? You know what I'm saying? Use today in my business. So if you had to leave the ghetto CEO audience with anything, what would you say? Um, I would say the main thing about being a CEO, you have to have grit and you need to make sure that you're constantly persevering. Um, also, this road through entrepreneurship is long, y'all. This is a very delayed gratification process. That's something that we all have to understand. Um, sometimes the bigger reward is after that long wait. And so if you're right now, you feel like you might be struggling or you feel like, you know, I don't know what to do or everybody's doing the same thing I'm doing. You have to understand that what you have is very unique and you have to keep going. But if you stop, you'll never reap the benefits of your rewards and your efforts. So just keep going. Um, yeah, that's what I was saying. You got to have a grit. You got to okay? have grit. You got to be ready to grind it out. But at the end of the day, you know, it'll be all worth it. But being a CEO is ghetto as fuck, y'all. So thank y'all for listening to this episode of the Ghetto CEO Podcast. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Make sure you leave a review, okay? Tell us in the comments how you want to, um, yeah, like just how you love this podcast and how you love connecting with Victoria. Yeah. Thank you, girl. Of course. Bye, y'all. See ya.